In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Emily Jones. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play Music. Today, we're watching Rick and Morty, an animated TV series co-created by Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon. Roiland stars as both Rick and Morty, a grandfather and grandson who go on crazy back-to-the-future-meets-Doctor-Who-esque adventures through space and time. That is quite a mouthful. Eric says this is the most quotable TV show he's seen in a long time, but I have to take his word for it because I have never seen it. I went on a binge of this show earlier this year, and it was a wonderful decision. So I'm excited to get a chance to, I mean, I've revisited some of these episodes, but I'm excited to get a chance to start from the beginning and really just like with fresh eyes, you know. All right. All right. I'm intrigued. I know very, I couldn't have told you that's what Rick and Morty was about at all, but I definitely like, I feel like many people around me seem to love this show, so... Yeah, I'm, we we can talk about I'm why I think I have I have my theories about what you will think about the show, but I don't want to give anything oh away, boy. so we will push that to the discussion. But before we get to that discussion, four, four seasons into this podcast and many more years of than that into being friends, we have a pretty good <laughs> sense of what we're gonna what each other is gonna think of things. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we nor- normally in past episodes we've had like a little little break where we talk about warn people we're gonna get into spoilers, but that I'm seems just gonna silly. do that now, right? I'm just going to do that right now, which is say that... We're going to spoil it, guys. We're going to spoil the episodes that we're going to watch today. We're going to watch uh, five episodes from season one, which are episodes one, two, and then five through seven. So skip over episodes three and four and just oh, watch those poor five episodes, episodes from three season and four. one. What? I said poor episodes three and four. They'll feel so lonely. I'd say at, if, if you wind up liking the show, go back and watch them. Okay. I feel I, This is a show I feel you should watch everything, but just for the sake of discussion of watching uh, different styles of episodes okay. within okay. the series. We're skipping over those episodes. Um, Where on earth can I find this show? That is a great question, Emily. Thank you for asking. Uh, you can find <laughs> You can find Rick and Morty on Hulu, Amazon, Vudu, or Google Play. And I think it's all uh, you either pay per episode or if you have a Hulu subscription, you can just get it through there. So... Go check it out. Watch those five episodes, one, two, and then five through seven, and then join us after this little musical interlude without a spoiler break for the discussion. back we just watched five episodes of rick and morty uh and before we get to what i thought of my first exposure to the show eric why do you love rick and morty so much the the show um i i think this show walks a really nice line 
between silly, funny sci-fi adventures and horrific, you know, traumatizing. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, the, the show, like, hits all the right notes with sort of my sense of humor where it's at times so ridiculous and immature and silly and there's also a strong sort of, you know, sci-fi parody element. But then it's also kind of got this, this really dark streak, which I just love. Um, and so... Um, for for me, the show really hits hits a lot of the, those perfect notes, and so we can get into details. But just like one example, for for instance, uh, being the classic uh sitcomish uh you know premise of like, oh, I want this girl to like me. Twenty minutes later, you wind up with a planet full of Cronenberg <laughs> monsters, and ever, who meanwhile evil, have already evil been through mantises, yeah, who who have, who have exploded into these horrific prey mantises and then transformed again into these Cronenberg blob monsters. I also and have it's... to say I really appreciate the use of the phrase roofie juice with reference to a love potion because yup. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, it's a living nightmare! How could you be so irresponsible, Rick? Me irresponsible? You, all I wanted you to do was hand me a screwdriver, Morty. You're the one who wanted me, wanted me to buckle down and make you up a roofie juice serum so you could roofie that poor girl at your school. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the... This the show is subversive in ways that are sometimes um, sometimes just kind of pointing out like lampshading tropes, and other times it's just like they are just going, they're like driving a steam train into you know in, into some some TV and movie premises. The most <laughs> obvious one being, of course, the sort of the Back to the Future model of <laughs> you know this crazy old man scientist and this kid who's inexplicably along for the ride with him on these adventures. Um, so I can go on and on, but uh, Emily. <laughs> What did you think of Rick and Morty? Um, well, I'll give you three guesses which my favorite episode was of the ones that we watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm here if you need to talk. I'm here if you need to talk. <laughs> That's just such a great catchphrase for a so did anyway. you catch the uh, Did you catch the, the Latin motto of that society? Yes, but I don't know Latin, so. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, didn't I had to up. look it up. Um, on the throne, it says, Sis Semper Calumnium, which means you're always wrong. um yeah no so for uh for listeners who i'm just gonna say either you don't know me or this is your very first time listening to giant geek versus it's possible there's there's people who might be listening for the first time i know but that's what i'm saying i'm saying those like you have to fall into probably both of those categories to not be able to figure (laughs) out that what we're referring to is that my favorite episode of the ones that we watched was the one where they go to a planet that it turns out that the women being such like higher beings have like subjugated the, the horrifyingly violent men uh, and are like living on some sort of higher plane place where their like standard greeting is, I'm here if you need to talk. Are you the ruler of this earth? How did you know? The quality of your top. Do you love it? I love it. I am here if you need to talk. I am here if you need to talk. I am here if you need to talk. Um, And I also really love the way that uh, that turns out to be the thing and not uh, Rick's incredibly sexist analysis of what must clearly be going on. How did such backward idiots invent robots? Obviously, at some point, the Gazorpians became so evolved that they replaced females with birthing machines. The resultant lack of distraction and henpecking allowed them to focus entirely on war. So they bombed themselves back to the Stone Age, and now they just fight with each other over fake with sticks and rocks all day long. And that's the thing, That's I, I kind of obliquely refer to it in the intro, but I, I specifically, I skipped over episodes three and four here, not because they're, like, bad. I think there's some great, uh, really funny moments in those episodes, but I wanted to get into 
over as the show goes on, they they use you know uh, Beth and Jerry and uh, and Summer a lot more, and I, I wanted to make sure that the summer epi- the first summer episode was included here because uh, oh yeah, she was great. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, initially, obviously, the show when they're first setting up is really just about Rick and Morty, and this is like and then Morty's family is just sort of a little bit on the sidelines, but then over time, over the course of this series, the whole family gets gets a lot more to do, which is great. Yeah, especially I actually found myself on multiple occasions like much more interested in what the family was up to than yep. <laughs> in what Rick and like Rick and Morty were just like having like a sort of Doctor Who eyesed adventure kind of. Um, although, and I have to say, like, I mean, you were absolutely correct to do that long hyphenated thing you made me say about like Back to the Future <laughs> meets Doctor Who. Like, no, it literally is. It's like a it's like a drunk Doc Brown and then Doctor Who. I, like the music is so much like the Doctor Who music. Oh, very intentionally, I'm yeah, sure. Clearly, yeah, clearly, I'm sure. That's but no, theremin. the ones um, in particular, I'm trying to remember which which the ones were. Oh, the dog takeover plotline, like where the dogs got super smart and yes. using like robotic helmets and stuff. Oh my and then, god, I love that episode so much. <laughs> then also the ones with the me seeks were just like I. I was I'm just Mr. Like, me seeks. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. I'm Mr. Me seeks. On both of those, I really, honestly, like, I didn't care what Rick and Morty were doing at all. Like, I would have loved to just watch the weirdness that was going on with the family. Yeah. Um, um, so that stuff was very good, definitely. When I, when I also, in that intro, made you say it's one of the most quotable episodes, what I really mean by that is just that now I have a license to yell, I'm Mr. Meeseeks, at you whenever I need your attention. So, just so oh, you know. Oh, yay. I'm so <laughs> excited that that is now a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. Definitely it, thrilled. Don't, don't worry. I'm, I'm only going to do it like 12 or 13 more times in this episode, so you're good. Oh, good. Yay. <laughs> so, um, overall thoughts, though. What, what do you think of, of the so, show? So, oh, overall, I mean, like, I enjoyed it and like was especially enjoying it by the end and this is okay so this is really not a critique of the show at all more of the animation Uh um i i have this thing where i really hate gross animation like and this might sound weird to you because you know i watch a lot of animation and like gross shit happens on most of the shows that i watch that are animated (laughs) um but i don't mean like gross stuff happening in animation like there's something sort of gross about some kinds of animation like i always hated invader zim Oh, really? really, I love Invader Zim. I hate Invader Zim. And it has nothing to do with the character or the premise, which I actually kind of like. But I can't deal with the animation on this show. It's It's very similar to this show. It's so gross. There's, like, nasty green nonsense dripping from things. And everything is just, like, But yeah, it's in the, and, in the first uh, episode. There's like a point where like Rick, where, where, where Morty's talking, and then Rick just like lets his mouth droop, and he's like a long string of like yeah. green drool coming out of his well, mouth. Which and I, Rick like always has green drool on his yeah. mouth, and yeah. he makes those weird burping noises whenever he's talking. What is it? It's a device, Morty. That when you put it in your ear, you can enter people's dreams, Morty. It's just like that movie that you keep crowing about. You talking about Inception? That's right, Morty. This is gonna be a lot like that, except you know, it's gonna maybe make sense. Everyone's mouths on the show are like they're like hyper animated they're like the biggest part of their face and they have all those little individual teeth which is kind of weird and gross and you can see their tongue (laughs) moving and like again the thing with the the thing with the weird spittle that he always has and like i don't know like the you know all of the monsters and stuff that they encounter on other planets and in the other dimensions are very often like really like like just gross and obviously like wet looking dripping with nasty stuff like Mm -hmm. on futurama for instance which would in terms of weird aliens, who is definitely the closest yes. to this, like, because they obviously they go to different planets all the time and they're always encountering encountering weird creatures. 
But there's something about the animation on that show. And I don't know if it's just the color palette or it's a, the lines are a little bit cleaner or what exactly it is that like even the gross, like super gross. Sometimes, I mean, Futurama definitely has super gross moments. Well, Futurama like, has an entire underworld of mutants who live in green swamp, but you don't see them most of the time. There's only a couple episodes well, that take place down there. And and even when you do though like i don't know there's something like they're not obviously they're not my favorite bits of animation that are on the show but like i, I don't know there's something about them and it, it might just be that the rest of the show like it, like even the human characters yes, don't have the weird mouth stuff cuz it's like future obviously futurama has that and it has like the you know the omicron percy i ate aliens are like <laughs> gross like green drippy slugs there's the whole slurm episode like there's, and lots there's the of- episode with the uh was it where, where the where the bugalo room where it's like the giant ant monsters and there's, there's all sorts of like crazy you know oh, the ant monster i don't the, i like actually like the ant monsters and the bouncing okay. ball things yeah, um yeah. no i think the bouncing ball things are cute but yeah. uh but Futurama is weird, but it's also juxtaposed the weirdness with a bunch of people who look more like The Simpsons. It looks a lot. There's a lot of the right. the main characters look very normal-ish with it within within that universe. They they look normal. Well, and I mean, um, this show has a bunch of humans too. But like, I find the human mouth animation on this show yes. like off-putting. Which yeah, I think that contributes. Which I think to, is like... intentional. I, th- I think this show is intentionally trying to like. <laughs> upset you a little bit like <laughs> not not in sense of make make you make you like mad but like <laughs> well and it doesn't make me mad it's, it's just it's just i find myself watching it i'm just like kind of like ew yeah yeah i don't really want to watch this <laughs> even though it's funny i'm just kind of like i don't mm. well so, so the thing I with this show this animation th- th- there is a, there's a lot of great visual humor in this show but i will say that um there have been times where when I've revisited episodes here where I've been able to enjoy entire episodes without really watching them because a lot of the dialogue is just like improvised sort of sort of just like banter in a, in a lot of ways where it's just like, okay, here's a premise. Let's just run with it and see where we get. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'd say if you're if you're able to stomach the drool coming off of Rick's mouth, um, <laughs> th- th- this show goes just to some even crazier places. This is just oh, we're boy. just getting started. Um, I mean, I can I can assume that like that. Yeah, seems clear. And yeah. again, I didn't I didn't dislike it. I just found myself like not wanting to watch it. I get that. I get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may, maybe you won't binge it the same way I did. But yeah, no, probably not. Um, Especially because I'm in the middle of a binge of another show. But that's not really fair. Because yeah. I could obviously dive into this as soon as I'm done that, which will be like tomorrow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess like with this show, I'm glad that you brought up Futurama. I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to like prime your expectations in a weird way before going into the show. But for me, this everything, show... everything in the world it, like is, is based off of a Futurama <laughs> reference point, kind of. Well, but this show, especially, I feel like for me anyway, it was sort of a... A successor or sort of it it was it was it's not the same show it's different in a lot of very important ways but um i don't know this kind of filled the whole left by futurama's like third cancellation for for me in terms of like you know comedy sci-fi animated show that definitely Um, that makes a lot of sense because well and there is something there is something that this show shares with futurama that i do really like which is i mean lots of things but like the the their baseline premise gives them the ability to do something wacky. And like, obviously all animation can do wackier stuff than like, than live action can because they're Mm -hmm. cartoons. Um, But you know, a lot of shows are still a little bit limited by their premise. Like, um, you know, the Simpsons has Treehouse of horror, but like otherwise, like 
I mean, but lots of the, the difference being that Treehouse of Horror is all stories, right? Whereas, right, right, right. at the end of Rick Potion number six, we are in a world where Morty, the continuing version of Morty, has buried <laughs> his own body. <laughs> right? No. no, no, no. But what? But what I was what I was getting at though was like crazy batshit stuff happens on The Simpsons, but ultimately it's like it's still all happening in Springfield, and like you have to like come up with some way true. for some crazy thing to happen in Springfield, and the same is true of like most animated shows but this show and Futurama share this like there are infinite planets in the universe or like infinite alternate dimensions yep and like you can just set it up as a premise like good news everyone we're gonna travel to a planet that has some sort of mutant (laughs) spider monster like whatever sure Sure. (laughs) or a shapeshifter who pretends to be the last living uh other being of Leela's species and then it turns out that he's a crazy shapeshifter who's doing that to six other species like sure that can happen and, and also everything on yeah, this exactly. show you, you crazy premise and you drop characters who in, in there who you've built up to you know react in certain ways and to con- fight with each other in certain ways and the show just runs from from there right you know? and that's um, that is very enjoyable yeah um I don't without giving anything away I I will say that the show does go to continue to go to wackier and wackier places, but similar to Futurama, um, there are some episodes that are actually like almost dramatic um, in ways where that are with the the uh, continuing plot line and sort of these characters as you get to know them, um, where okay. you will actually be invested in more than just the you know the, the craziness where where you actually might. Might might care a little bit about <laughs> uh, about what. You're happens not going to convince me that this show does a Jurassic Bark, but I'll believe you that it sometimes has drama. Yeah. Oh no, not not on Jurassic Bark. I mean, that's that <laughs> that'd be very very difficult to emulate. Um, and now I'm sad because I'm thinking about Jurassic. I'm sorry, Bark. but no, you. but in that in that way that like it <laughs> it doesn't come up all like very often, but well, it does later on. But like through the original series run of futurama it just like every once in a while it like rear the the fry and leela like potential mm-hmm. like potential romance will rear up suddenly after not being mentioned for a long time and like all of a sudden it's like oh we have weight and we have characters to care about and a relationship we're yeah invested in the possibility of i'd say maybe maybe not to that same degree where you actually maybe want them to get together like i, I well, don't know I if don't, anyone in the show mean, is likable enough for that but. i know i don't mean that you necessarily want them to get together but i mean i mean like like a a character a character arc or or storyline that you are invested enough in in the way that you're invested in that not that it has to be like a romance kind of storyline or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. just like totally. that way that there's like a storyline that occasionally pops up that's what i yeah. mean I'm, I'm just guessing <laughs> that yeah. that's what you're talking about <laughs> um yes you are correct uh without spoiling anything there's there there's there's some stuff that uh I, i'm not i'm not gonna even try to just try to yeah, it. yeah. um <laughs> instead so, let's focus on how that last episode also like casually drops in a johnny cochran joke and then goes to footloose like okay yeah <laughs> um like, wow and if you think my top is cute you cannot execute and and then in the earlier episode, the one where they're going into the math teacher's dreams, where they have the oh legally god. distinct version of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> oh my god, that uh, the, was that was pretty funny. And also, especially the fr- like the first time they like came out of the Inception, like when they finally came out of the Inception thing, it was like, wow, that was so much clearer than Inception, because <laughs> like, they just went bam, 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 all with the Freddy Krueger guy. Like that was yep. great. I also like. I'm assuming that episode is from several years ago when Inception was the movie that everyone loved. 
I think this sh- no, I think this show is only a couple years ago. I, th- I think uh, well, the Inception debuted... wasn't that long ago. I just mean I'm assuming that it was a little closer to maybe, maybe, the, yeah. the cultural dominance of Inception. Yeah, no, every every minute we get further and further away from the cultural dominance of Inception. But uh, no, that episode was from 2013. Uh... <laughs> and the world slowly turns. Like, what? <laughs> um... So what did you think of, uh, as, as we mentioned in the intro, so uh, obviously the two main voices are done by the same guy, which, side note, I think is ridiculous, the fact that the same guy can do both Rick and Morty's voices. But what did you think overall of sort of just like the acting in, the, in this show? Like, did you... Um, it was I, good. I mean, I, I found I found both the Rick and Morty voices like a bit annoying and off-putting, and I did find myself wondering, and I probably wouldn't have if I didn't know going in that it was the same actor, but I found myself wondering if he was like like going extra overboard on these ridiculous voices as like needing to d- differentiate them, you know, like would Morty mm. be quite, quite as squeaky and annoying and would, you know, like, well, he, he know. does a bunch of the other like smaller part voices does too. He? And that's I mean, actually I, one of my criticisms is that sometimes his alien voices basically sound yeah. a lot like Morty, um, just like in slightly different pitches. Um, yeah, I think that's true. And I mean, like, lots of actors do lots and lots of voices on a show. I mean, to keep talking about Futurama, like, how many freaking Futurama voices does Billy West do? Like, yeah. geez. Well, and also, uh, in, in this show, uh, Maurice LaMarche, the voice of Calculon, shows up in this show. Um, he's the voice <laughs> of uh, he's the voice of uh, Morty Jr. You hear that, Morty Jr.? Maybe you could try being a creative of some kind. Maybe I always have sort of wanted to see my face on the back of a novel. I mean, what I really want to do is slit people's throats. But beyond that, and which sounds a lot like his, his Morbo voice, you know, the, the newsreader yes. with Morbo will now introduce tonight's candidates: puny human number one, puny human number two. And Morbo's good friend, Richard Nixon. Hello, Morbo. How's the family? Belligerent and numerous. I do love, by the way, that, uh, and this is something that's universal, or at least is true of Futurama as well, that, like, somehow people are continuing to, like, gather and broadcast news footage, even when they're braying mantises. Like, (laughs) okay. This just in. Morty Smith's whereabouts are still unknown. What the hell? The only thing that is known is how cute he is. I love him so much. I want to make love to him and then eat his head. I guess that's being really speciesist of me. Like, maybe I'm sure that giant praying mantises would be capable of yeah, in, operating in between, news, gathering equipment, that's fine. In but between the amaz- prayers, they find time for TV. You know? It's just amazing to me that they, like, continue to do that. <laughs> well, it's just for the, um, I guess in that scene, it's like Summer doesn't yet know what's happening, so the news break makes it seem like it's just, it's the fake out for, uh, for right before, that's how she finds out that pregnancies are taking over the world. I know, but come on. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not happening. Like, Yeah. Um. I'm buying fully into this ridiculous world. Also, I mean, <laughs> let's be real. Like, would you or I stop reporting the news if we were suddenly turned into giant praying mantises? Probably not. Speaking from experience, I can say no, that does not happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from that time that you were turned into a praying mantis in the middle of a major breaking news event? Exactly, that time. Now let us never speak of it again. Um. Indeed. <laughs> we, le- we left that behind. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm always, I always, like... I always love a good Chris Parnell voice. Like, yeah, oh yeah, he's as, a great. As Jerry. I mean, he was good on SNL, but he's so much better as like a, a voice, voice actor. actor. He's <laughs> such a good voice actor. I mean, I even I like him better. Honestly, I like him better as a voice actor even than as like Doctor Spachaman, 
which yeah. is on 30 Rock, which is great. Yeah. I mean, he's really, really like that's a great little thing in part because he's a, you know, an occasional pop up character. He's not a regular, but like he's I still like him so much better as a voice actor. <laughs> what like, else has he been a voice actor on? I, Cyril. I, I'm sorry, on Archer. He's Cyril on Archer. <gasps> Right, right. Yeah. Oh, God, I, as I, it actually, when, right. when the dad first started talking, I, like it took me a while to remember Chris Parnell. I was like, oh my God, it's Cyril. It's Cyril. Like, okay, this is like the weird thing where like if, he, if you're an Archer fan, you try and watch Bob's Burgers and you can't get over John Benjamin as the voice of Bob. I never connected Cyril and Jerry now, and that now now I'm not going to be able to like unhear the the fact that it's the same voice. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. I never made that connection. Um Anyway, <laughs> have you tried watching any Bob's Burgers? Um, oh, are you kidding me? I yeah. love Bob's Burgers. Okay, I've, I've actually not watched a whole lot, and when <gasps> I fir- when I first started watching it, I've seen like twenty episodes, so not it's not probably you know doable on, the, on this. Yeah, list, I mean, but... I figured if you've seen it, I wasn't going to, but you really should. It's so good. Well, the first the first time I tried watching it, though, I couldn't deal with the fact that John Benjamin just uses his normal voice, and <laughs> it's, it's so distracting. Um... It is, but he's also, like, he's such a different character. So, like, yeah. he really, I mean, when he gets really frustrated, he sounds the same kind of. But, like, I don't know. He hits he hits such different notes with both characters than yeah. that it, it really, like, I mean, it's difficult to switch back and forth if you're doing that for whatever reason. Like, if you're in the middle of a Bob's Burgers binge and then the new series of season of Archer comes on and you like uh-huh. watch Bob's Burgers and then try to watch Archer and then go back. Like that's can be weird and jarring, but, um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, it was definitely weird to me at first when I first started watching Bob's Burgers, but then I just kind of got over got it. Cause, yeah. yeah. Cause again, I mean, it is just his normal voice. He doesn't change his voice at all, but he, the characters are really different and like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He just kind of, he just sounds really different. To me. Extending the John Benjamin tangent, uh, have you seen Wet Hot American Summer? Yes. Okay, I just rewatched that, and I I was thinking about like I don't. Did you watch the updated series? I did. I did on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he he's in both of those things. Yes. So. As a can. Anyway, uh, back As to Rick do. and Morty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We're just. I, this might just be an animation tangent show. Yeah. That Which, we do. I'm okay with that. I'm very okay with that. Yeah. Um, oh, animation. One of my favorite things about this show uh, is the um, the little bickering between Bear, uh, between uh, Beth and Jerry. Um, Are those the so parents? The parents, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, in the uh, the fifth the fifth episode, raising Gazorpazorp, uh, where where uh, Jerry makes some <laughs> yes. sort of joke, and Beth says, but "Jerry, is- majoring in civics was your mistake. Don't punish us for it." There's a ton of the great, like, just sniping moments in that, which are just so, so perfect. They are, they are ice cold. <laughs> well, and even, like, I loved in the first episode when, um, like, he comes in just, like, wanting to go get lunch. And she's in the middle of, like, performing, like, life-threatening heart surgery. On, on a horse. On a horse. And, like, I'm not sure we, I, we still know. Like, I still don't think I know what the dad does. Um, which to me is just great though. Like I love that one of their like one of the establishing things of their dynamic is like just such a good and typical but hilarious thing. The way it's like, wait, she actually has a really important job where she has to deal <laughs> with like life and death. Yes, for horses, but still life and death things. A horse and hospital. <laughs> and he's just like he's just like an idiot who thinks that her job doesn't matter. I don't know. Yep. I I just li- I like that they make a joke out of that consistently it's funny and of course that she has at least briefly i don't know if he comes back oh i guess he does because we right i'm forgetting that we 
reset to a different universe. So, yeah. so the whole praying mantis thing didn't happen for most of the people in it. Right. Uh, it was averted, right. as that newspaper told us. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, like I love that she has the just like gratuitous like hot assistant guy. <laughs> and I just looked it up, and we we do get into Jerry's job in advertising in one of the episodes that we skipped over. Um, but. Oh, okay. uh, uh, but so I'm not I'm not just forgetting. Like. Yeah, no, he, he he gets menaced <laughs> by uh, he gets menaced by a, a race of aliens that are led by David Cross in an episode. Uh, which that's are... <laughs> terrifying and also great. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't really think I have any other notes. Thing, things that are done. I mean, a lot of the show is just me just like laughing. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think we've pretty much we've pretty much covered all the stuff that I've written down. I definitely like took as many notes on the last episode as I did on most of the rest of it. But most of that was just enthusiasm notes. Like yeah, just <laughs> like mostly just quotes written down. Like when she accidentally calls him grandfather and like everyone like gasps and they're all like, what? Oh, and one of the mutters you hear in the background is that sounds patriarchal. Well, I guess the other thing I wrote down that I didn't, didn't mention is uh, wubble about dub dub. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's his catchphrase. Have we not established that? It's my catchphrase. Is there anything you can do to clean this place up? Well, you know, I do have a flea seeks box. No, no more boxes. What? It just has a mop and some floor wax in it. Wubble-a-ba-dub-dubs! <laughs> yeah! That's my new thing. I'm kind of like, what's his name? Ar- Arsenio. Isn't that? That's what Arsenio used to say on his show. wubble gobble up Right? Yeah, th- that'll stick around. Wubble-a-ba-dub-dub is, is a thing uh, <laughs> for the show. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um... And uh, the, the, this one line I wrote down, which I forgot, I had forgotten about this one, but I'm totally going to use it at some point in the future. Is uh, sure, I'll help you, but first, a deep sip from a very tall glass. If I told you so, <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that line. That that is amazing. <laughs> That's a very good one. Yes, Mark um, Jacobs, but those are names of the penis. That was another <laughs> one that I really loved. Just like specifically, that was how they described it. It was just like, oh man, names of the penis. Yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And uh, in the dog episode. Where are my testicles, Summer? They were removed. Where have they gone? Oh, wow. That's an intense line of questioning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My name is not Snuffles. You can call me Snowball because my fur fur is white and white. Pretty and white, yeah. (laughs) Okay, before the show just turns into. I know. I love that it was a little fluff, like a little fluffy white dog, too. Like it wasn't like a. It wasn't any kind of like large or like known for aggression breed of dogs. It was like a little fluffy lap dog. Yep. <laughs> Taking over the world. Yeah. And on that note. On that note, I think I'm officially out of uh, things to say about these. Anything episodes. intelligent to say other than just quoting the show. But uh, if you can stomach it, do you think you're going to keep on watching? I mean, I might watch it a little more. I probably won't in bulk. And I certainly won't, like, go right out there and watch it right now because, yeah. again, I am in the midst of another binge. All right. Well, once you're done with that binge, uh, what are we going to be talking about next week? Well, uh, we are going to return to the world of music, Ooh. I believe. Yes. Um, we are going to listen to some Steely Dan, which I understand you have had very limited exposure to. The only song I know is uh, Ricky Don't Lose That Number. Um, right, which is one of about four songs that if you told me you only <laughs> knew one Steely Dan song, I would probably be like, hmm, is it? Th- I might have said that. I might have said Reelin' in the Years, which you might also know without realizing you know it. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Um, or, no, reali- or without knowing that it's Steely Probable. Dan. A yeah. couple, a couple of uh, there's a couple others that like that, but no. Um, 
there's a strong chance that you don't know any of the songs on the album we're going to watch or listen to, as the case may be. <laughs> I don't think there's any way to watch it. Uh, well, it depends on what drugs you take before you listen to it. I mean, <laughs> there are ways. Is, which there is a ways. fair thing to say about a great deal of uh, music. But anyway, um, <laughs> we are going to listen to the album Royal Scam. Royal Scam. All yeah. right. I know. It sounds dark. It is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at Hey Hey ESJ. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. I'm Mr. B6 signing off! This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com. This is a Me Seeks Box.